All right, good morning. I am Jesse Davis. If you don't know me, I'm the campus pastor for our Washington campus launching this fall. So excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, this morning, we're wrapping up a series, Redacted. So we've been in this. This is week six. We're finishing it up here this morning. Um, so I'm excited about that. If you haven't been with us throughout that process, uh, what we've been doing is we've been spending time talking about this idea of redaction and, and redaction criticism, redacting things from the Bible. So if something's redacted, that means that someone has gone in and they've removed or they've marked out with black lines certain pieces of information. Um, so if you've got a classified document somehow from the CIA or a government report, um, you would find that someone had gone in after that was written, redacted a whole bunch of things from that. And so with us, the idea is, is that many of us have done the same thing with the Bible. So maybe we haven't taken a, a black marker and marked through your physical Bible, um, but the Bible of our hearts, a lot of times we're guilty of going and removing and discarding things. So if something doesn't fit with your worldview or with your lifestyle or something's a little bit too difficult, it's not a big deal. You just redact it, move it right out of there and move on your way. And so many of us probably wouldn't do that, you know, with the Bible you're, you've got in front of you there, um, but the Bible in our hearts, the way that we live, we definitely do this numerous times. So we've been talking about several ideas within that. This morning what I want to do is I want to start with something a little bit different, all right? So, so I don't know if you realize this or not, but church is not a spectator sport, all right, so, th so I've got something for us that we're all going to be engaged with. I've got a fun activity for you, all right? So if you've got your phone, I need you to get that out, all right? This is for everyone. If you're watching online, you grab your phone there, and I want you to go to a website. You're going to go to popin.live, P-O-P-I-N dot L-I-V-E, all right? And whenever you get to that site, there's a code that you're going to put in. K1QSXX. It's on the screen. It's in your bulletin. Um, so go ahead and get that pulled up right there. If you don't have a phone, if you are driving and listening to this online, don't get your phone out, all right? You can't do that part, so keep track of this in your mind how, how it goes. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go through about nine questions here, and what you need to do is you need to determine, is this in the Bible or not? So on that website, when I read that question, you'll click yes or no, and then move on to the next one. If you can't do that from your phone, keep track where you're at, all right? Keep score for yourself. Each question is worth 75,000 points. Um, these points are very arbitrary, so keep up with it, okay? Keep up with it. There may or may not be some incredible prizes given away, all right? So popin.live, you enter that code there. All right, and so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through these questions, and then what we're going to do is we're going to go through and see how we do. All right, so first question, if, if you guys will throw that up there. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. All right, so in the Bible or not in the Bible? This is a good one. I've always wondered how angels get their wings. All right, number two, cleanliness is next to godliness. In the Bible or not? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yes or no? All right, number three. God helps those who help themselves. In the Bible or not? Yes or no? Next one. This too shall pass. All right. In the Bible or not? Next. Be wretched and mourn and weep. 
Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Good morning, and I'm glad you're here. All right, in the Bible or not. All right, next one. If thou dream it, thou can do it. In the Bible or not? Yes or no? All right, we'll move on to the next one. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. In the Bible or not? That would be some great encouragement if that's in there. All right, next up. To thine own self be true. In the Bible or not in the Bible? All right, last one. If you are sincere, all things are possible. In the Bible or not? All right, so everybody feel good about this? You feel confident that you are all Bible scholars in here? Uh, well, let's see how you did, all right? So if you guys will pull that up there, um, we'll see for, for number one. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. All right, so most of us said no on that. Um, some folks said yes. That is not in the Bible. Um, so angels get their wings in another fashion. I'm not exactly sure what that is outside that that's how God created them. So. Next one here. Cleanliness is next to godliness. All right. That is actually not in the Bible. Um, it's probably true, all right, um, but it's not in there, all right? Next one, God helps those who help themselves. All right, that one is not in the Bible either. All right, here's a good one. This too shall pass. Let's see how we did there. All right, that actually is not in the Bible. Um, that is not in the scriptures there. Right. Next up, this morning's encouragement. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. All right. Yes, that is actually in the Bible. That's James 4, 9. Um, just make sure and read things in context. Read everything around that. All right. Don't go walking away uber discouraged. Be a little discouraged this morning, but not that discouraged. All right. Next up, if thou dream it, thou can do it. How'd we do on that one? All right. Good. That is... Not in the Bible either. That's just a spin on Walt Disney. So. Next one. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. Yes, that is in the Bible. Um, that's God talking to Joshua in Joshua 13, 1. God just has a way of bringing lots of encouragement in different forms. Um, all right. Next up. To thine own self be true. All right, that is not in the Bible either. All right, last one. If you are sincere, all things are possible. All right, good. That one is not in the Bible. So, good job for the most part, everyone. I um, hope you did well keeping up with your scores and your information there. Um, some of you, we can, we can talk after this is over for sure because I'm slightly concerned and have some questions. So. No, um, so what, what we're going to do this morning is kind of take a, a different approach a little bit to, to this redacted idea. So in the, other, in the other messages, what we've done is we've started with this idea that we've redacted from Scripture and gone from there. What we're going to do this morning is we're actually going to look at an idea that we have added to the Scriptures, um, and in so doing, we've actually redacted a lot of what is actually there in the Bible. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a little, really a lie that we've believed, and for a lot of us we've thought this is in the Bible. In fact, 
If it would have been one of those questions that we would have thrown up there, I think a good majority of us would have said, yes, that's in the Bible. But what you need to know, though, is that this lie, believing this lie, has got a lot more serious consequences than believing some of those other things, all right? So if you believe every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, that's got some implications for life, but nothing like this. Believing this lie really poses a serious danger to you. And so the lie, if you've heard it, goes something like this. God won't give you more than you can handle. Now listen, this idea sounds really nice. And I've heard people say this or things similar to it over the years. Um, But what you need to know is this is absolutely not true. Believing this idea that God won't give you more than you can handle is such a destructive lie from our enemy. And so we get this idea that we can handle anything life throws our way. If you just dig deep, if you just try hard enough, if you just believe in yourself and really reach down in you, you can do it. You can overcome. Nothing is too big for you. And that lie is so counter to the gospel and is so dangerous for us as people. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to kind of back up a little bit and, and look at where we got this idea from. Um, and when I say back up, I'm talking like back up 2,000 years back up, all right, way back up. So there was once this church in a place called Corinth. You've probably heard of it before. There's a a couple of letters in the Bible from a guy named Paul or the Apostle Paul that he wrote to this church. We call them 1st and 2nd Corinthians, right? And they're written to this church in Corinth. And in this letter, okay, Paul is talking to these people about temptation and about sin and about the bondage of sin and how we can get trapped and stuck in this place and what sin and temptation look like. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right, he makes this statement there. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way to escape that you may be able to endure it. So he says, listen, Nothing that you've ever been tempted with, no sin here that you've fallen into is just unique to you. You're not the only one dealing with this. This is everyone. But don't fret. Take heart. If you are a child of God, God is not going to let you be tempted in such a way that he doesn't give you a way to resist and to overcome that temptation. So when we're talking about sin and temptation temptation to sin, the Bible is very clear that that there's a choice and there's a way that God gives you out of that. You can engage in sin or you can run and flee from it. And God makes this incredible promise here that in those times, he himself will provide you a way to flee from that temptation, that you don't have to be stuck in it or give into it. It's not always easy And there's action and and a choice that you have to make in doing that, but God gives you a way. But we need to understand something. 
is that this is talking about temptation. This isn't talking about trials or difficulty or suffering. This is temptation. So with temptation, you have a choice. And God always gives you a way out to resist that temptation right then so that you don't fall into sin. But with trials, difficulty, suffering, that's not always the case. And so what's happened is, is we have this beautiful promise from God and our enemy has come in and just twisted that a little bit. And listen, this is the way that he works, right? This is actually his oldest trick in the book. He takes something that God says and then he just slightly changes it in so much a way that it sounds good, it sounds right, but it's a lie. It's a counterfeit. And so counterfeiters do the same thing with money, right? So they take an actual bill, and what they try to do is make their copy look as close as possible to that real thing, right? So there's no way that a criminal is going to be passing off brightly colored monopoly money at the bank. Okay? That's not going to happen. So they don't waste their time with that. What they do is they try to they look at the original, get as close to that as possible, and our enemy does the same thing. He's taken God's word and put just a little spin on it there that we've bought into and we've believed a lie, a devastating lie whenever it comes to this idea and believing that God won't give us more than we can handle. And there's a couple of reasons I think that we buy into and we believe this lie so easily. So the first reason, like it or not, as humans, we have got a deep-rooted pride issue. And so the idea that we can just overcome, that we can do it on our own, is very appealing. You just dig deep. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You get her done. And that's my redneck coming out there, right? All right. So you just do what you got to do, and you make it happen. And then you can celebrate Everything that you accomplished and all that was thrown at you because you had what it takes and you made it work and you did it. And this is a lie. And unfortunately, though, that's, that's what we tend to celebrate, right? Those are the stories that we look at and we get excited about. So somebody that's had, they feel like they've been just dealt a crazy hand at things. And so they've just looked deep within and they've gritted their teeth and they've moved forward and they overcame and then they celebrate and we celebrate with them everything they accomplished because we're people and we can do it and our pride shows up in that way. But something interesting even about that verse there in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 all right, so regardless of the fact that this is about temptation and not even about overcoming some trials and difficulty and suffering, there's something else really significant that we even redact from that passage. And we forget the fact that it's God himself who gets us through all of this anyway. So take a look at that verse again, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way to escape that you may be able to endure it. 
God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He will provide the way to escape. God does all of this for us. There's no room for pride here. So don't let your pride make you deceived. The second reason that we buy into this lie is because we love comfort. And we love comfort more than we love difficulty, hardship, suffering, or even inconvenience. And so the idea that we wouldn't be given more than we can handle is very appealing to us because that's a comfortable sounding thing. And what you need to know, if you are a Jesus follower, if you signed up to follow Jesus, you never signed on for comfort. That was never promised to you. In fact, it was the total opposite. Look what Jesus himself had to say in Luke 9, 23. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. If you sign up to follow Jesus, then you deny yourself. That means you lay down your pride. And you take up your cross and you follow him. And there's nothing comfortable about carrying crosses. And so when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, the the first question you should ask in that is where? Where am I following you with my cross? And if you take up your cross and follow Jesus, you follow Jesus with your cross to the same place he took his cross, and that was to die. To die to your sin, to die to your comfort, to die to your pursuit of ease. We didn't sign up for ease in this thing. So our, desi- our pride and our desire for comfort cause us to buy into lies like this. They even cause us to twist and skew God's word. And so by entirely misunderstanding this passage in 1 Corinthians 10.13, or having it just twisted a little bit, we've redacted so many other passages of Scripture in a very consistent theme that runs throughout the entire Bible. And so that theme and that truth that we tend to redact is this, is that God will give you more than you can handle. God will absolutely give you more than you can handle. And this is a big deal to understand because it changes our outlook and our expectations in a very significant way. You see, if we expect that God won't give us more than we can handle, then what do we do whenever we get more than we can handle? And if we really could handle everything, then who's supreme? Jesus or you? God will give us more than we can handle. And this truth is all over the Bible. Numerous stories from cover to cover that God gives someone more than they could ever possibly handle. And then they reach out to him and see him come through in only the way that he can. So do you remember a guy named Moses? All right? He looked like Charlton Heston. That uh, the millennials like they totally over their head. That one's for you, baby boomers. So you're you're welcome on that one, right? Moses, right? So called by God, this incredible experience here. 
to lead God's people. So Moses has this incredibly, ridiculously difficult challenge in front of him. Totally more than he can handle. I mean, he makes that clear over and over again. Like, who am I? I can't do this. And it's just a trial and a trial and suffering and difficulty. And then look what Moses himself has to say in Numbers 11. This is Numbers 11, 14, and 15. Moses. I'm not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may not see my wretchedness. Moses said, God, this is too much for me. Just kill me. Just take me out already because I can't handle this. I cannot do this on my own. God gave him way more. Job. You ever hear about that guy before? That guy, he got it rough, right? Lost everything that he had. And then he gets this like skin disease and, and I mean, he's going from a high, high to the lowest of lows. And then in Job chapter 3, he's crying out here saying, why was I even born? Like, I can't handle this. This is way too much. I regret even being born. This is too much for me. God gave him way more. He brought way more on him. He allowed way more than he could handle to happen to him. And this isn't something just in the Old Testament there. This carries on through the whole Bible, right? So Paul, who wrote that letter to the church in Corinthians, man, that guy went through the ringer, right? If you haven't looked into the life of Paul, I encourage you this week to read through some of the stuff that that guy went through, right? I'm talking beatings, starvation, shipwrecked, in prison. Like, let's not forget the fact that this was a real guy, okay? So we look at him as like this hero in the faith, right? Most of the New Testament here. He's a real guy, and he's going through all of this stuff. And we get this insight into how he's dealing with it at one point in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 1, 8, and 9. All these things going on in Paul's life, and here's what he says. He says, for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we've experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. In fact, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. You want a translation for that? This was too much for us to handle. We despaired of life itself. We, we thought we had been given a death sentence. We couldn't bear this on our own. So God will give you more than he can handle, or you can handle. And he does it purposefully. So look at that verse 9 there from 2 Corinthians 1. Paul's going through, talking about what they've experienced. Verse 9, he says, but. So all this is happening, but. That was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God will give you more than you can handle, 
so that you will rely on him. He wants you to rely on him. And God wants you to rely on him because when you do, he gets the glory he deserves and you get the peace you really desire. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. If you're not taking notes, start taking notes and write that down. God wants you to rely on him because when you do, he gets the glory he deserves and you get the peace you really desire. There's divine purpose in your hardship and difficulty and suffering. And God will lovingly give us more than we can handle so that he's glorified and we are given the peace we really need. Now listen, I am well aware that there are many of you in here, many of you listening, that are right in the middle of a season of feeling like you're given more than you can handle. And those of you that aren't in that place right now, I know that you have either been in that place or you will be. Because this happens to all of us. None of us are able to escape this. And so what I want to do is I want to spend the last little bit with you here talking about how we get through it whenever we're given more than we can handle. And so I want you to to open your Bibles, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. We're just going to camp out right there and look at a few verses and a few truths from that as we try to address and answer this question, how do we get through when we're given more than we can handle? So the first thing on how we get through when we're given more than we can handle is you look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Consider him. Who? Jesus. Remember him. Who? Jesus. Look to him. Who? Jesus. We're getting it now, right? Rely on him. Who? Jesus. Consider Jesus. God will give you more than you can handle, so you rely on him, and so you look to Jesus. And Jesus knew hardship and was victorious over it at the highest level. So take heart in knowing that he is capable, that it may be more than you can handle, but it is not more than he can handle. And realize that the weight of this thing This thing that you're going through, this season that you're in, is not on you. Look to Jesus. Just accept the fact that you aren't strong enough, that you can't dig deep enough. But if you'll reach out to him, you'll find him. That he is supreme, not us. And in that, he gets the glory that he is due, and make no mistake, God is serious about his glory. So when you're going through feeling tired, weary, faint-hearted, consider Jesus. Remember the work that he's done for you, the shedding of his blood, his resurrection, and the power of his Holy Spirit for you so that you can endure and you can overcome. No, you don't have the strength on your own. 
God did give you more than you can handle. But rely on him and enjoy watching him come through and be glorified in that. So when those times come, when it's difficult, when it's hard, when it's more than you can bear, and those times will come, Jesus said it. He said, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He didn't say, take heart, you can do it. He said, take heart, I've done it. I have overcome. Look to Jesus. Next thing. Remember this all comes from God's love for you. If you are a Jesus follower, if you are a child of God, remember that all of this comes from God's love for you. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So first of all, let's make sure we have a really good understanding of this word discipline here. Discipline is not punishment. So whenever hardship, whenever difficulty, whenever suffering fall on us, we tend to think that these these difficult times are in some way God's punishment for our sinfulness. Listen, trials, suffering, difficulty is not God's way of getting back at you. God's discipline here for his children is not the punishment for our sin. The punishment for our sin was laid on Jesus at the cross. Once and for all. Difficulty, hardship, suffering is not not God's punishment for his children. God's punishment was laid on Jesus. So don't look at it that way. Discipline instead is instruction and training. There's other passages throughout the scriptures and this word is used. And it's used in referencing a father training his children or training in righteousness. Or in this context, God training his own children. So the writer of Hebrews is saying that God lovingly disciplines his children to train them to be more like Jesus. It's designed to move us away from the things that will cause us harm and towards the likeness of Jesus where we have the fullness of life. So if you are a committed Jesus follower, then you are a part of God's family, one of his children. And God loves his children. And so know that every difficulty, every hardship, every form of suffering comes as discipline for our good. The Lord disciplines those he loves. So whenever you feel like God's giving you more than you can bear, praise him. Praise him for demonstrating his love and grace towards you. And I know that sounds strange, but we've got to learn to trust God's word more than our own feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Our feelings deceive us. I feel like ice cream and soda and cheesecake every day. And if I answer to those feelings, it is to my demise. 
my health will suffer, my wife will be very angry, it will not, I'll probably die an early death, all right? I don't trust my feelings. Don't trust your feelings. Trust God's word. So when you're in those times, thank him, praise him for it. And don't let that hardship or that time of suffering or that season that you may even be in now affect the way that you think about how God feels about you. That thing, that situation, that place you're in that's too much for you to handle is not the indicator of how God feels about you. The cross of Jesus is. God demonstrated his love for you in that, that Christ died for you. Look through that lens, nothing else. So if God says, I discipline you because I love you, then thank him for showing his love to you. God is lovingly working through that discipline to make you more like Jesus, which is for your good, so that you can share in the promised, glorious, eternal reward he has for us. So look to Jesus. Remember it all comes from God's love for you. And finally, look forward to what's being accomplished through it. So when you're given more than you can handle, look forward to what's being accomplished through it. Hebrews 12, 10, and 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. So God is using this to give you an incredible reward. Just remember, it's going to be worth it. As it yields this peaceful fruit of righteousness. God wants you to be righteous. And he wants you to be at peace. And so God is working through these situations and through these hard times to accomplish just that. To make us more like him. And it's worth it. Listen, God doesn't want you comfortable. He wants you at peace. And comfort is counterfeit peace. God does not want you comfortable. God giving you more than you can handle is him providing you an opportunity to experience the real peace you long for. Not comfort, the counterfeit peace that we're so often chasing after. You see, this comfort, this idea of comfort is our worldly attempt to get what only God really provides. True peace deep in our souls. And God will lovingly disrupt our comfort. He will lovingly shape, shake the ground underneath us. He will lovingly make things hard so that when we rely on him, we obtain the real lasting peace that only he offers. And he wants that for you. So if you're in that place, if you're in that season of life right now, or whenever that season of life comes on you and it's difficult and it's way more than you can handle, look to Jesus. Remember, it's all from God's love for you. And look forward to what's being accomplished through it. Because God will absolutely give you more than you can handle. And this is not something we can redact from the Bible of our hearts. 
It's something that we've got to be prepared for because it will happen. And when it happens, we need to be ready to stand, to stand and to turn to him. So if you would pray with me, I'm going to, I want to just spend a couple of moments um, here really quickly because I know that there are several of us that are right in the middle of this, right in the middle of a time of feeling that you are over your head, that you're just, you're doing everything you can to keep from sinking. And so if that's you, I want to, I want to pray for you, Okay. I also want you to know that we're going to have some prayer partners on the side, and I would encourage you to utilize them. They are here to pray for you and to pray with you through whatever it may be, but especially if you're feeling that you're in that place where you've got more than you can handle. So Father in heaven, I just, I I want to start um, by just saying thank you. Thank you that in the middle of difficulty, thank you that in the middle of suffering, thank you that in the middle of uh, extreme hardship, that we can see you work. And I thank you that for those of us that are yours, Nothing comes at us that doesn't come through your love for us. And so I ask in Jesus' name that you would give us a special grace to see rightly, that we would see things through the lens of your great love, that we would look to you, we would remember your love, God, and we would look forward to the greater things that you're accomplishing. And so for those in that place right now, God, I ask that you would give them your peace in Jesus' name. Your peace that goes beyond all of our understanding. Your peace that's so much richer than the comfort we chase after. We want you We confess that we want you. And we thank you. We thank you that you're not far off and that you make yourself available to us, God. So be with us. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your persistent goodness to us. Amen. If you would, go ahead and stand. I want to encourage you. If if you are finding yourself in that place and in that season, go to the sides now, get get some prayer. I, I really believe that God has got some grace that he wants to give those of us in these hard times, even this morning. So don't let your pride or your comfort keep you from missing out on what he may have for you. Love you. Make sure that you're here next week. We're going to start off a new series called Set Apart.